theme music playing Super while you play. <laughs> then we drink. <laughs> I, know, I normally sing really loud, actually. Oh, That's interesting. I find this to be very, this is a good chair. Thank you, I, uh, oh. I bought it myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm so ready. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to a special edition of the In My Own Words podcast. We are doing a movie review. I think we're going to call this uh, Two Mugs in a Movie, right? That sounds perfect to me. I am here with a good friend. I would even say a brother, uh, Austin Yoder. Wow. Austin is like, uh, I, I consider Austin, um, how should I say it? Uh, a movie savant? Is that wow. a good word? Wow. That's very, I'm just... I think aficionado is the word I that like people... Savant. You like savant? Savant just sounds I mean, fancy. I'll take it. I think that's above an aficionado on the hierarchy of genius. I think it is. I think I'll you're up it. there. I think that... Uh, <laughs> I think so. One of the reasons why I, I wanted to do this, and I'm curious to know why you wanted to do it as well, but one of the reasons why I want to do it is because we always uh, have great dialogue anytime that we talk. But we also always look at things differently and look for different things. Like you, yourself being a filmmaker, you being someone that does really incredible video work, I feel like you look at a video differently than just like the casual fan. Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, that's part of the reason I wanted to do it was because we do have such differing perspectives. Also, it was the only way I could get you to invite me over to your home. <laughs> So I've finally been here. That is not. It's true. (laughs) This is the first time. So (laughs) this is the first time. That is accurate. Why is that? It's a good question. I don't know. I thought about inviting you over and just like playing Django with the sound off, like randomly throughout the house, like on every TV. (laughs) (laughs) Like my my whole goal. That would have been great. (laughs) My whole goal with this intro was to your small children running around (laughs) with (laughs) Jim. I think I've done a good job of embarrassing you. Yeah, for sure. So, as much as I can be embarrassed. Yeah, you're not easily embarrassed. No, not really. Why do you, you just don't care? Um, I, no, I actually care a lot. I, I don't know. Maybe I've done some, some work with my mental health, my self-esteem. All right, this conversation is going to be way too deep. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this conversation, you said mental health and self-esteem already. We've been recording for two seconds. All right, so... We're here. We're here today to talk about um, a movie. I won't add any uh, any weight to it yet. We're here to talk about a movie, uh, Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah. We're here, oh, we're talking about Avengers, Avengers Endgame. As you can see, by oh, all this of makes the... so much more sense. I thought we were talking about Smurfs too. <laughs> is there a Smurfs too? I there probably so. is. I think so. Here's the weird thing about the Smurfs. This I can't even say it. The Smurfs franchise yeah is i think they did a couple live action movies and then an animated one that was still in the same continuity or maybe they did one live action one and then an animated one how do you do a live action smurf i don't know it doesn't matter we're not talking about the smurfs okay, we're talking sorry. about the avengers <laughs> avengers Endgame. is um, nebula a smurf though nebula is not smurfs are like they're emotional right um, yeah, they're dwarf-esque. Yeah, they're kinda, they, have, they, like, they wear the hats, and yes, each of them has one specific characteristic that is then their name. Yeah. Like, there's Papa Smurf, who's just a, he's a papa, I guess. There's... Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a special character. <laughs> papa Smurf. <laughs> uh, that's the only Smurf I can name. Smurfette, is, yeah. uh, she's a female. I think she's the only female Smurf. Well, it's a pink Smurf, Poppy. 
Okay. I'll my, trust you. I don't know. My daughter loves Poppy. Poppy Smurf. Yeah, I think. That's got to be confusing with Papa. That seems Papa like Papa and Poppy Smurf. Yeah. I would have anyway, thought Poppy was a, a nickname for Papa. I think it's a... I'm, I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm thinking about? Trolls. Okay. Poppy is from Trolls. That's different. That's not Smurfs. <laughs> We've spent too much time on the Smurfs. Yes. Let's move on. So we're talking about Avengers. Uh, I want to really talk to you about Endgame, the, uh, what's built up to be one of the biggest movies ever. If not the biggest movie ever. Um, potentially. There's definitely, definitely from- never been a lead up to a movie like this one. Just in terms of the no. sheer amount of movies that have been created leading up to it. So, I mean, there, there. You can make an argument that something like Star Wars: The Force Awakens was on the same level culturally, right? But there's sure. still six movies that came before it, not twenty-one or however many there was. Yeah, this 20, was the twenty-second one, yeah. So, so twenty-one right. leading into Endgame. So it, there's definitely an argument to be made that it's. I mean, this is a, a big thing to say, but maybe the biggest cinematic event thus far ever. It's definitely the culmination of something. Yeah, but nobody dressed up. Nobody dressed up at Nobody the one that you went up. to? No, were people dressed up? So you went you went the day it opened, right? I, yes. Were people dressed up? I didn't even see a lot of videos I on saw the some like shields. I saw some people carrying on Captain America shield. You went in a weird part of town. Yes, Castleton. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the weird part of town. Yeah, absolutely. So Avengers Endgame, um, possibly the biggest movie ever. But I want to get into our specific experience because I think that and you can tell me what you think about this. I think that what you do, like leading up to the movie, has a big impact on what actually happens. Like how much you are able to enjoy the movie. Okay. Especially like the things that are being floated out there about this movie, uh, when, you know, being one of the greatest movies of all time. I do agree that the lead up was just incredible. Do you think that ten years ago when they made Iron Man, I think obviously they had the mindset of you know we're going to create this great uh, MCU and it's going to be incredible and we can. Intro, intro all these characters and it's going to lead up to the Avengers. I think that was obviously always in play. But do you think that they knew it would end here at like Avengers, Endgame, Thanos, like that whole story, the whole story that they ended up telling? Do you think they knew that 10 years ago? Um, That's a great question. I'm not a comic book reader, so I okay. don't necessarily know what's being pulled from the comic books. What I've been told is that these are kind of a, it's a, a weaving of storylines. It is. They've, they're taking different things from different comic books and have turned it into this storyline. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say no. I don't think they necessarily sat down and went, this is what the 22nd movie looks like. Yep. And this is how we all planned it out. Now, what I originally thought you were asking was, did they know it was going to be this big? No. The answer, I think, is yes to that. Oh, my gosh. I think, okay. I think to pull something off like this, you have to have sort of a sociopathic level of confidence. I don't, I mean, think, th- that, I don't think they thought it would be this. Like, to, to, make, to, to set out to say you're going to make the biggest movie franchise ever is a bold statement. Yeah, but, I mean, I think in ter- cinematic universes, I don't think we're really a thing prior, prior to Marvel. In no. terms of all these stories from uh, that yeah, all no. were canon, all connected to the same no, thing. No, it actually only happened, I've only seen it happen in the TV world, in the sitcom world, where you have the spinoffs and of then course, you yeah. know, they intermingle on different shows. But no, I haven't seen it in theater prior to this. What's the, the strangest 
TV show crossover. Because I feel like there were times in the 80s when there were shows that were never connected. Yeah. But then, like, somebody's cousin is visiting from out of town. You're like, oh, my God, their cousin's Urkel for some reason. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that was one seeing, of them. Oh, but... I think seeing Urkel on Step by Step was weird. Like, why are you there? <laughs> uh, I think he was obviously there to help out that show because that show was really struggling. Of course. Um, the weirdest one... I would say the fact that Family Matters itself is a spinoff. Yeah, what is a spinoff I think it's, from? I think it was a spinoff from Mork and Mindy, maybe, or one uh, okay, an old yeah. show that came out in the eighties. And yeah, Harriet like, worked on the. That. She worked on. She was like the elevator person. How weird is that that you pay someone <laughs> to sit on an elevator? And that's a pretty like, outdated concept. It is. I wish that was still a job, though. I would do that. Why? Why would anybody I mean, do that? You get to meet a lot of really interesting people. That's worse than a Walmart greeter. Push them. You think so? Yes. Oh, no. It's better than a Walmart greeter. No. You're in a Walmart box. greeter, you have to work at a Walmart. <laughs> you have to be in a Walmart true. all day. I think the, the, the kind of people getting into an elevator are better than the kind of people. Let's scratch that. That didn't make any sense. No, no edits on the amount when we were talking. Oh, so, so um, I like the answer that you gave, though, about them knowing 10 years ago. Um, not that it would be this big, but that's where we were going to end because that's the only way I can get you to say something negative about this movie, I feel like. Oh, no, I got, pl- I got some negative <laughs> things to say about These, it. I've never heard you say a negative thing ever in your life. These people are telling. Okay. These people we are talking saying. talking about movies I didn't like. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they were. <laughs> no one liked them. But a movie of this magnitude, I'm interested to hear your take. So let's let's go back to the beginning. Uh, let's go back to Infinity War. Okay. Um, tell me about your experience with Infinity Did you see that opening day as well? Are you like an opening day guy? You go. No, I was a little. I saw it was probably four or five days after that okay. I saw Infinity War. Okay. This one, I'm I'm not like a Marvel buff necessarily. I've enjoyed the Marvel movies. There's a couple that I think are pretty exceptional, but in yeah. general, I've enjoyed them. I've seen them all. But Infinity War was the one where I was like, all right, I don't want to deal with the spoilers. I don't want to deal with people asking me whether I've seen it, wanting to talk to me about it. And right. so that was, I got to see it the first possible chance I can, just so I can. Just so I I know what it is sure. and I can talk to people about it. Yeah. Infinity War, I didn't feel that same level of urgency. And so I saw that one probably four or five days after it came out. And then saw it again, actually, with you right. in Florida. Yeah. And you hadn't seen it yet when we so saw it. So we were it. in Orlando. Haven't seen the movie at all. Uh, but I was excited to see it. I can't remember why I didn't see it earlier. I just don't think it, it happened with having kids and needing a babysitter. Finding a babysitter should be... Like, I'd pay somebody just to find me a babysitter. Like That's a better job than the elevator job, <laughs> is finding someone to find a babysitter. Like, it's, uh, anyway. So I didn't see it initially. So um, you said, let's go see it. And I was excited about it because I wanted to see it. And anytime you recommend me a movie, because I respect your uh, opinion when it comes to film, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see it. I'm going to watch it. Well, you uh, respect my opinion when it comes to film, except for Infinity War. Well, <laughs> except so let's for talk the, about it. Except for the <laughs> one movie we've watched together. Let's ever. talk about it. You like this movie to see I it enjoyed, more than once. I enjoyed Infinity War quite a bit. I, prior to seeing Endgame, I never wanted to see that movie ever again. Yeah. I never wanted to see that movie, like, 
I regretted watching it. I remember leaving the theater. And we you were back you to were the, angry. I was. You were really mad. So this this was my biggest beef. My biggest beef with the movie is that I feel like they left the cliffhanger there in such a way that forced you to buy the next ticket, which I get from a financial standpoint. That's what you do when you make a movie. That's an aspect of creating a film is you want people to buy a ticket to that one and the next thing that you do, right? That's why you want to make a good film, part of the reason. But I feel like if we were to give it ratios and or percentages, like that should be 20% of the filmmaking process in the storytelling process. It should be, I want the, I obviously have to make money on this one, but I want you to come back to it. That should be 20% of it. The other 80% should, let me be, let me tell a really great, compelling story that people love that would make people excited enough to come back and do it again. Well, here's my thing with seeing Infinity War with you. We walked out of it and you acted as if you'd never seen a movie with a cliffhanger before. <laughs> I knew ever. you were say that. You, like, it wasn't uh, about the cliffhanger. It was about the way that they did it. There was no See, artistic it value. It did not make sense to me now. And there's, what are you talking about? <laughs> there was no artistic value in the way they did it. They did it only for money. I completely disagree. That was, I mean, think about the emotional punch that the uh, snap had, that that scene had. The emotional had. punch. You, they, I, I cried like a baby watching, watching, movie. watching Peter Parker disintegrate. You, you cried in front of Tony. You cried at the Truman Show when he hit the wall at the end, didn't you? I mean, I cry at almost <laughs> every on, movie man. I see. Don't, don't give me an emotional punch. What I'm saying is, they had this entire storyline. They could have. They could have stopped it with uh, five years later, right? So in Endgame, you know how they show everything, and then five years later, they're showing this decimated version of New York with half of life in the universe is gone. That would have been a great place to start a movie because now you leave it with some closure, right? You know people are gone, you know, whatever. But it also has uh, problems still left to be solved that you can come back and say, okay, Let's figure out how we can solve this. Or how do we... I want to see how the Avengers are living life now in this new situation. They could have easily stopped it there. It would have been another 30 minutes or so to add to the film, which, like... But I, that's <laughs> such... Just in terms of, like, the concept of rising action and the climax, that would be such a steep drop-off. It wouldn't. It what, wouldn't, though. What, what, okay, I would love to know, what's your ideal last shot of Infinity War, then? What's the, what's the closing frame of Infinity it War? It would literally be how Endgame starts. It would be Tony still floating in space. It would be... I'm not talking about the things... That, I'm talking about the literal last shot, because you got to leave people with a very compelling final moment. I think trying to figure out how we move on with life, knowing that these people are gone... Is compelling enough, for and us I to think that's very. Seat. I think that's. I think that's completely implied. Like everything you're saying that you want, I think is you. You get in a sense from the the Infinity this is, War. This is ending. what they did in Infinity War. It would be like a Rocky movie, and it's the tenth round, and Rocky's getting his butt kicked, and then he starts to fight back, and he he hits Apollo Creed, and then it just stops. Well, wait, did he win? Did he knock him down? Did he come back? Did he like like what happened? You know nothing. You watch that movie for two hours and you walk away with saying, I know nothing. It wasn't it wasn't compelling enough for anybody. No one thought for a second everybody that left with the snap was actually dead. No one thought that for a second. Of course. 
And so what did you learn? What did we find out? All I found out was they want my credit card. That's the only thing I found. What is? What was your takeaway from that movie? Oh my gosh, they're gone. They're not gone. They're clearly not gone. But you you don't think there's any value in saying, all right, like I like it, they tell a really good story. They introduce a really good villain. You you see his motivation, what he wants to do, and then at the end we have this sort of all is lost moment where it's like the villain has won. Like that's, that's sort of the saying. implication of the end of the movie. It's like we. But we've I don't think watched they did a good him job win. communicating that because no one thought he won. He was ahead in the game. No one thought he won. If I see five sure, years later and things plenty, are still the same, isn't it plenty compelling to look at it and say, "How are they going to come back from this?" Like I, I, I want to know how they're how they're going to win. No, because see, we I, go into almost any movie and we know, we know that the good guys are going to win. That is, in general, that's what we know. And so the interesting part is not them winning. The interesting part is how they win and yeah. what they overcome to win. That's, that's true. I just don't think that... I think that if we... I think they could have sold it better. So I agree with everything that you're saying. And I feel like they could have sold like Thanos winning better if they didn't stop right at the finger snap. If they let time elapse and get us uh, emotionally and like uh, interested and invested in oh my gosh, like maybe like this is just how life has gone on. Five years later, that's a really compelling selling point to say, wow, this is just how life is now. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, is the last moment of Infinity War, is Thanos on his farm or whatever, right? Sort of kind of reflecting on him and basking in the his perceived glory of what he's just done. I think the la- the very last scene is is um well after the end credits yeah is captain marvel captain marvel yeah, that yeah. intro but in Which, terms of again the... lets us know how they're gonna win it tells us right there like okay well she's coming like that to me an end credit would be like seeing life five years later seeing uh depleted tony okay. stark okay well like that's, end that's credit sequence though that's different than the actual end of the movie no, it's not when it comes to Marvel. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I don't consider that to be the end of the, the movie. The end of the movie is when you leave the theater. No one's leaving the theater before the end credits. No, that, that's like if that's I sat, of, that's, that's like a if part I of the story arc. And I watch an episode of, you know, Survivor. And then at the end, they're like, next time on Survivor. And then they show me that little bit. I'm not like, oh, the episode's done now. No, the episode was done and now I just get this little tease as no, to what's that's coming. A, that's different because it's coming next week. They made us wait a year. Okay. No, that, that's <laughs> they not They made different. us wait a year. And, and, and I think Marvel has done something great and unique in that you have to watch the end credits. You have to watch it all the way through to get the full story. You don't get the full story or even a foreshadowing of what's to come unless you watch the end credits. They would have left everyone truly heartbroken if the end credit scene was... Like, literally, them standing at a funeral. Or them literally, like, uh, having funerals for everyone who, like, had was going in the snap. And it was five years later, and they're having funerals for these people because they haven't come back yet. That would have been like, oh, my gosh, they actually killed these people. Like, they're actually gone. None of that okay, was achieved. That would not have been any more convincing that they're gone <laughs> than what they already did. <laughs> it, was, they could, it would have been a better selling point. I think it would have been a better selling point. Anyway... So obviously, <laughs> I was not happy with that. We could that talk about this for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was not happy with that movie at all. 
But and I enjoyed it. Yeah, you, and we you we argued about it. pretty much had the exact conversation we're having now. Yeah, and we're 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 both still very steadfast in our ways. I'm not. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm not changing. Everybody your mind is on entitled this. to be wrong, Austin. It's just your turn. <laughs> Um, so, so when uh, at first I my initial reaction honestly was not to see Endgame but then sitting with it so long like, I, I have to see how this pays off now right that was going to be my question is why did you even see it if you yeah. were so mad at it actually that that energy that anger turned into like now I just have to see how you finish it like I, I feel like I succumbed to their plan of okay you want my money here's another 30 bucks I'm going to go see it now I mean, they wanted your money the same amount regardless of what the end of, <laughs> of, I know, of Infinity but, War but was. But that should not be the leading driver of how you create a film. I feel like you should be on my side of this argument. Should 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 your leading driver for how you create a film be the financial benefit or gain of the film? I mean, of of if course not. Creative. Of course, I'm not going to say if you're yes the studio. To, of yes. course, I'm not going to say yes to that. But. I think you're assuming that just because of the cliffhanger that they gave, that that, I don't I don't see how that implies that they only cared about the financial benefit of it. Because, in my mind, just because they want you to be excited for the next one and anticipate it, that adds to the experience. That isn't exclusively about butts and seats. They're going to sell a million, millions Absolutely. and millions of this tickets uh, tickets to this no matter what. Absolutely. I, I just think that there's a different way they could have done it. I think they could have sold the idea of Thanos winning more because Thanos is actually one of the first how, how villains is that you pronounced? could love. Thanos. They say Thanos. Okay, we're saying it differently. I just wanted to check. I, I didn't know. I I I don't care. But <laughs> it's, it's Thanos. They say Thanos in the movie, but I like saying Thanos. Thanos sounds more it's cooler. Like, aggressive. I agree. Yeah, Thanos. It was really cool. Yeah, that that A sound is better than the he was one Thanos. Of the, he was one of the villains that like I I don't I, I didn't root for him, but like he had depth. This is some things that I liked about Infinity War and even Endgame. He had a certain depth to his character, even more so than in the comic books. In the comic books, he was just like this crazy, you know, psychopath that wanted to kill fifty percent of the universe because I forgot the lady's name. His love interest wanted him to. It's like, okay. Well, this one was more about, like, population control. And he did it in, you know, where Gamora's from. He did it there. And he's seen it work. And so now he's, like, coming to Earth. He's, like, he genuinely feels like, I'm trying to help people. That's the thing. And you guys are standing in my way. He is a very multidimensional villain because he, it's not just wreaking havoc for the sake of it or wanting to be evil. Yeah. It is a guy who genuinely thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Which is a fascinating concept. Yeah, I think because so. Because he's wrong, obviously. He's incredibly misguided. Yeah. But he, he, he is very, he's very convicted about actually, what he's doing. I actually don't think he's wrong. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, and that's the end of the podcast. Let's leave it there. Tony agrees with Thanos. Tony agrees with mass genocide, no, the Holocaust no, 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 of no. half the human. I think that <laughs> I think that in theory, what he's saying is he wants to uh, eliminate half the population uh, to save on resources, to cut back on crime, to uh, to to uh, eliminate evil from the world. 
And I, I don't think that you could actually do that. And I don't think it's execution of it is proper or the right way to do it. But I think that anybody would want to rid the world of all the evils. Of course. But you can't separate the... I mean, everyone wants that's, to do that. You can't separate it this, from his, his but strategy. But that's the heart of the idea. His strategy sucks. <laughs> the heart of the idea is that I want to rid the world of evil. Of course. I want to save the world of our resources. We use resources like they're never going to run out. Like we're always going to have them. Yeah. Right? And we, we sometimes we treat people like they're not even human. And if I could rid the world of that with a snap of a finger, I'd do it. But the execution of it, obviously... He wasn't like going through judging who's good and bad. He's just like, oh, 50% of you guys are gone. Uh, so anyway, I, I think Thanos was a great villain um, because he had depth, because he had an actual purpose. Yeah. And even if you didn't align or agree with his purpose, you can identify with somebody, you know, living their life with purpose. And of course. I think that that's, I think he was very appealing for that reason. So all that happens. I'm excited about Endgame because I need to see how they ended. And I am so invested they're so invested into the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point, 10 years in, as you can obviously see, like, I'm a fan. Like, I'm I'm into it. And so I have to go see how they finish this off. And um, I couldn't get there on opening day, but I ended up going the opening weekend on Saturday. And the movie did $1.2 billion in a weekend, which is just insane. That is an unimaginable amount of money. That's crazy. That's insane. That is crazy. Um, actually, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I should have did the Avengers podcast sooner because, spoiler alert, everybody's seen it. That's the only spoiler that you're going to get. But some people still haven't seen it. So um, tell me about your experience with going to the movies. Did you go to the movies by yourself to see it? I did. How does that work? Why, why does your girl <laughs> let you go to the movies by yourself? Why, how does that work? I want to do that. You got to give me... <laughs> You gotta give me the secret to go into the movies by yourself. Go see movies she doesn't want to see. <laughs> no, she doesn't care. Let me tell you my movie going experience. <laughs> Saturday we went to the movies, right? I do the podcast, uh, and then Michelle's gone somewhere, and she comes back, and I'm watching Infinity War because I like torturing myself, and I'm watching it to you know really kind of reset my mind and remember everything that happens. And she sits down next to me on the couch, and she says, "What's this?" <laughs> I said, uh, Infinity War? He's like, oh, is this the Avengers before the... Yes, this is the one that came out before the one we're going to see tonight. You haven't seen this? And she's like, no, I haven't. So she like sits down. There's a three-hour movie. She starts it over. Three-hour movie. It's like two and a half hours since our movie starts. So not enough time to watch it. So she literally does this with the remote. Okay... Uh, fight scene, fast forward. Fight scene, fight scene, fight. Okay, dialogue. Uh, oh, okay, fight scene. Okay, dialogue. <laughs> and that's how she watches. Infinity I will say War. I sort of admire it in the sense that she she did know where she was going to get the stuff she needed to know to go into Endgame. I guess, but she that's not a movie that she would go watch on her own. Um, so she just came because, and she told me like, oh. I knew you were excited about it, so I figured I'd get caught up and try to go see it with you. Isn't that so sweet, though? <laughs> I can't commiserate with you, you on you this because get... <laughs> I would see every movie with Sam. When do you get married? It's not that I don't want to see it with her, but when you when you when you get married, which you will, and you've been married for ten years, like I have, you value time alone. Of course, I spend obscene amount of times in small spaces 
because I can be there alone. My bathroom, my closet, the garage. It's just something about hearing like silence and being alone. It's a wonderful thing. So I need you. I need you to help me. You're not doing a good job of helping I, me right now. I will say in this. In this, I just bought the ticket for myself, and didn't tell Sam I was going till after I bought the ticket. Here's a more interesting. And question. all the tickets were obviously sold out by then. That wasn't that wasn't strategic, but that is how it happened. So if that helps you at all, she's gonna watch this, and you guys are gonna talk about it. I love it. Um, so, do you think that that will continue once you guys are married? Me going to movies by myself? Yeah. Uh, I think so. That's what I did. That's something I already kind of make a habit of. Yeah. I should have set the right expectations before we got married. Ten years ago, when Iron Man first came out, I should have went to see it alone. I also know her movie taste really, really well. Yeah. And she also trusts me. And so if I tell her, now this doesn't necessarily apply to Endgame, but if I tell her like, oh, you wouldn't like this movie... She's like, okay, you, she, you go see it. You know, if it's a horror movie, yeah. if it's, you know, if it's a certain type of action movie, I could tell her it's not going to be your thing. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, she, she won't watch it. She trusts me. Yeah. My wife doesn't. She's like, man, <laughs> you wouldn't like this. She's like, oh, I just want to be with you. <laughs> so, so, see, you I envy that. I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, you Sam know. wouldn't, I'm not sure she'd, she'd, watch, uh, <laughs> she'd watch a horror movie with me. So, uh, so you go to the movies by yourself. Take me through your thoughts prior to going to the movie. So, like, when uh, you're going to it, we already know people are going to die, right? We know some people of that course. aren't going to survive this movie. Who are your picks of who's not going to survive? I have my picks, but I want to know your picks. Yeah. So, to me, the givens, like, the guarantees were Tony and Cap had to go. Like these, just, guys. And he, these guys. Yeah. To me, just looking at it, just the arc of the story, they're kind of the centerpieces of it. Yeah. Um, and it just, it kind of made sense thematically and from a storytelling perspective that they had to be done. I, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I had those two picked as well, uh, but for different reasons. Hmm. Reason number one, this guy tweeted that he was no longer, uh, this was his last movie in his contract. So I was like, ah, well, there you go. <laughs> it had nothing to do with their story arc. Because they, one thing that I notice about comics is they reinvent themselves all the time. And so these guys could come back and reappear in different time zone or different versions of Of course, of yeah. Oh, I mean, if this or, movie taught us anything, it's they can yeah, do whatever they, they want. Can, yeah, we'll talk about that too. Um, so, But I knew, I knew it was going to be them. And then Iron Man... Um, that one just seemed like a given. That was like the general consensus that this was Where Iron Man's he? run. He started everything. It's end game. He's going to end everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any sleepers? Any people that like, I know it's going to be them too, but my, my risky pick is going to be this person. Because I had a risky pick. You had a, I, I want to hear yours. I thought that. I'm not sure I did. I thought Hulk was going to die. Hmm. I didn't think Hulk was going to survive it. I didn't know how or even why. Um, and now looking back on it, he had so much unresolved conflict in his storyline yeah. that they needed like a happier ending. And I thought maybe they could give him that in Endgame and take him out, uh, which I don't think, I don't know why you would do that from a financial standpoint. Like, I think he's a big draw, but so is Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. So I, I, but I, that was my sleeper pick. I'm like, some people are not going to, I knew someone unexpected was going to die and I thought it would be maybe Hulk, which would be crazy. Yeah, I I mean from there I 
it was kind of a crapshoot. I thought yeah. I thought there'd be a couple more random deaths. There's some people that it's like, well, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out in a month. Yeah. I know Peter's <laughs> sticking around. Yeah. James Gunn is back to directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume yep. 3. I know he's coming back. I know all that, that yeah. all they are coming back. Another Black Panther movie's coming. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, um, they talked about doing uh, Shuri's own movie. So in the comic books, um, Thanos actually goes to Wakanda like they did at the end of Infinity War. And T'Challa is missing, just like if they snapped him away. Yeah. And Shuri was the king of Wakanda, the queen of Wakanda. And so they have an entire comic book of Shuri being the Black Panther. And so I think that would be cool. Uh, and and yeah, and that I would think be that, that would I think be it would awesome. be really cool. And Killmonger came back alive. Yeah. That may be a spoiler. I don't know, but it's what happened in the comics. <laughs> spoiler alert for a movie that does not <laughs> even, even exist, exist yet. yet. There's not Sorry a script for it. Yeah. Um. So so I thought maybe I thought maybe Hulk would be in there, but I knew Black Panther would come back because they still have that storyline yep. to tell. Um, and that's true of most of them. Yeah, there's mo. I think most of them are gonna get another movie. I know Takeaway TD has been talking about doing a fourth Thor movie. Yeah, they've been talking about doing a Doctor Strange sequel. Who's your favorite out of all the Avengers? Who's your favorite? <sighs> That's tough. I, I mean, I have a different overarching favorite than I did, in like than I in terms of my favorite character in Endgame. Before oh, you saw Endgame, yeah, who was it? Tony's my favorite. Okay. Absolutely. Do you feel like you identify with him the most, or are you no, just like him? Uh, maybe the least I identify <laughs> with. Um, but I, I just I find his arc to be the most compelling. Yeah. Like he's such a douchebag when we first meet him, <laughs> and to see him develop that heart he is, is a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's one of the things that I like most. So we can get into Endgame. That's one of the things I do like most about Endgame, the film itself, is that you see some major character development. Yeah. And I think that that's really, that's really, really cool to Across see. the board for pretty much everybody. Yeah. All the main people Which are is so difficult to do when you have so many people that are, that people are in love with and we fell in love with their stories and now you bring them all together for this one movie. You have to miss some people, right? That's why I'm wearing the shirt because he wasn't really represented in the film. You know what I mean? He's maybe in two scenes or something like that. But he also and definitely didn't need to be. He didn't need to be. No, it was no, no, no. not his. It is. It's these guys' movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a miss for them. But I'm just like, oh man, it's yeah. really like group. And Black Widow as well. Yeah. Was. Now the person that I was super central to the movie that was actually my favorite in Endgame was Hawkeye. Yeah. I thought that they handled his storyline yeah. pretty brilliantly. Yeah. After him being just absent from Infinity War. Yeah. I think there was probably people who thought they're kind of rewriting their Hawkeye mistake. Like, people were already like, he's useless. Yeah. Maybe they're just going to quietly get rid of him. For them to bring him back at the level that they did and give him... He had a very this, interesting but crucial part of the movie. Absolutely. And I think a really emotional storyline for him. Yeah. Like, we, he's the first person we see in the whole movie. Yeah. Which is really, was an interesting concept. Yeah. And from the moment it started, I was like, all right, like, we're doing something it. a little different here. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, so take me to the movie. Uh, obviously, the movie starts uh, with Hawkeye. Hawkeye's family gets raptured. That that actually gets raptured. <laughs> oh, you know, can we talk Hawkeye about... Hawkeye gets left behind. Can we talk about the, the... I think that there's a very strange correlation between... Thanos and Jesus. Okay, elaborate on that. They both come come to Earth, 
<laughs> okay. They've all come to Earth to save the world. Okay. They both lay their lives down when their work is finished. And they both came back. Okay. <laughs> Think about Man. this. Think about this for just a second. When they found Thanos, right? So we, we start with Hawkeye. His family just gets caught in the snap, which was heartbreaking. It was. That, I and him having to, no clue. I that, that actually made me aware of how emotional the snap is again. Like yeah. It brought me right back to Infinity War, which I think is a great place to start to see, like, oh, my gosh. Like, his family, they were right there. Now they're just completely gone. Um, but uh, they, they eventually they catch up to Thanos really early in the movie, which I didn't expect. Right, and he's in the garden. Mm-hmm. Of course, I feel I feel like it's a straight Bible reference. Uh, he he's in the garden, and he has no issues with them killing him essentially because his his work's done. He snapped every snapped fifty percent of the universe away. He uh, has already destroyed the Infinity Stone, so they can't do anything about it. And he's like, he basically let Thor kill him. Thor chops his head off. And he went for the head like he should have went in Infinity War. He chops his head off, and you're thinking like, that wasn't supposed to happen. They they like really they really shook me with that. They really shook me with chopping Thor's head off. I'm sorry, Thor chopping Thanos' head off so early in the movie. Um, I really was confused as to how like who's who's the enemy? Who are we gonna fight now? Um, what was your experience like watching that like happen? I don't want to let you move on from this Jesus <laughs> Thanos thing because it. I think it's a terrible. I just, I just came up with that right now, <laughs> and it didn't work. And I was trying okay, to good. get. Out I just want to make sure we know it doesn't work. No, it falls apart pretty. It, it falls apart. But there, there is something. Even when he, even when okay, here we go. Even when they time travel, and he uh, taps into the other nebula, and he can see that they kill him. He still had no problems going forward with this mission because he served a greater purpose in helping the universe. Here's what I'll say about that. Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Not not, (laughs) Jehovah Jireh. Yes. Not just as a person, as God, you know, that's outside, like as a character, Mm -hmm. is the archetype for so many characters. Like, yes. Like, it's become a big movie cliche. For someone to be the Christ figure in a movie. Absolutely. And so I think you could go through almost all these characters and find a bunch of ways that they tie in with the character of Jesus because it's such a classic mold for a character. And it's it's because the Bible is obviously where a lot of stories come from and a lot of storytelling techniques come from. But Yeah, I just think that there are some similarities in knowing that you are going and headed for death. And the purpose of you going forward is for death, but you still go forward because your purpose is bigger than your life. Yeah. And you're here to save humanity. At least that's what your your thoughts are. I'm not sure that was their thought process. But uh, that was I mean, Thanos' thought process. I think I mean the writers. I, I'm not sure they were like he's, he's a Disney, Christ character. I think Disney, whoever the writers are over there, are the most scandalous writers of all time. I think they are the worst. I honestly think that they they're great writers. But the symbolism and the level of allegory that they put into their movies, I think, is disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I'll tell you. I'll t- I won't tell you now. But there's a part in this movie you probably already know what it is, where I like literally got ready to walk out 
because they're so they're so disgusting with their writing. They're they're so. All right, let's just jump writing. straight to that. I don't want to wait for it. Okay, let's do it. So, um, I can even give you one from a different Disney movie, and we can get back into it. Have you seen Wreck It Ralph, the second one? No. So the second Wreck It Ralph is about Tosket. Spoiler <laughs> alert, everybody! I don't know. For Ralph, means. Ralph wrecks the internet. <laughs> Ralph breaks the internet. Ralph breaks, is, Ralph breaks the internet. Why is it not called Ralph wrecks the internet? I don't know. Because they're the worst. These people are disgusting. They're the worst. Um, they Disney does a really good job of making sure the messaging in their movie matches the time, regardless of who the characters are. They're gonna make sure that their me- the messages in their movies match the the whatever's popular at the time. I think Black Panther came when it came, specifically for a reason. I think it was on the heels of this, uh, what people were saying was the new Black Renaissance of film and TV shows. You had more Black sitcoms on TV than uh, than you had in a while since the early '90s. You've had Black films coming out. You have the show Blackish. You have the Carmichael Show. You had all these great shows. And so they start to develop this and they're tapping into this black culture and getting something for them to gal- black culture to galvanize around uh, that they would care about. And obviously they already had the character, but they could have they could have came with Black Panther at any moment. They came at this moment because they knew it would resonate with what's cool in culture right now and in society right now. I think Captain Marvel came at the time that she came. Because women's empowerment is one of the hottest things in culture right now. But does that diminish the, the power and effect of that? I think, it, I think it does to a certain extent when you're tapping into cultures of those who have been um, not properly represented in the past. Right? So, like, you could have you done... If it was just about uh, show... Like, they kind of spun Black Panther as we're going to show... That black people can be more, and we can be superheroes too, and we can yada yada yada. Uh, they did Captain Marvel, like she's the strongest person in the universe, and she's so, she's been those things. Why did you wait until this moment to make that movie? You waited until this so moment. So would to make it have been film. better for them to not make it at all? No, they should have made it sooner. I mean, this I is not I, the I, first, I agree. They, they, I they agree. Made so many other movies with these people. Freaking Spider Man has twelve thousand movies. It's true. No, you know I, what I mean. I, but they I just, agree that they just made Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with a person of color today. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like they did that because that's what's popping today. I completely agree that it is an issue that it took this long for these stories to get told. Absolutely. I, I completely and agree. And they only did it because it's popular in culture. I think without the Me Too movement, you don't get Captain Marvel the way you get Captain Marvel. Interesting. I don't think Infinity War ends with Captain Marvel to save the day without us feeling like we need to empower women because women have been so downtrodden and and beaten down and looked down upon and misrepresented for years. I think you get that today because everybody is more aware of how we need to treat women. For sure, which is is an amazing thing. And so... It's an amazing thing Isn't there a positive aspect to the idea that what society cares about is pressuring Hollywood, whatever we want to call it, which has obviously been historically horrible, ha- had the exact same racist and sexist issues that our society has had. But isn't, isn't there something to be said for society is finally forcing them to tell these stories? It's unfortunate that I, this is the way it comes about. Obviously, 
Absolutely. It should have happened way before now. No, you're 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 one hundred percent right, right? And so something is better than nothing. If if society forces your hand to do it, then it's good to have that representation. My kids won't know that, right? We went to go see Ralph Breaks the Internet and they loved the movie. The whole time I was sick to my stomach because that movie is about toxic masculinity. It was about an overbearing man that won't let a woman be a woman, won't let her flourish, won't let her her expand to her full horizons and her full uh, lengths of what she's capable of. And it literally like duplicated him so many times just to show how overpowering men could be. And by the end of the film, they had Wreck-It Ralph in a dress with high heels on and lipstick. Completely emasculated him to show like the stripping away of power of men to let women flourish. That I have a problem with because Disney movies are geared towards who? Kids. And I don't want my daughters thinking that the only way they can flourish is to tear a man down. Because that's not how I want you to treat your brother. That's not how I want you to treat your dad or your husband. And I feel like Disney always does this thing where they put all these strong messaging, uh, political messaging into their films to to show a certain show show a certain thing or a certain you know thing that's going on in, in culture right now and then market it to kids it's 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 their propaganda vehicle to a certain extent yeah, but what's the other side of that coin in terms of teaching teaching young males about toxic masculinity and the fact that obviously that is a problem now whether they you know whether a movie in general beats you over the head with its message is completely beside the point if so it's a worthwhile, it? but it's it's a worthwhile message the, to be told. The person, but for me, my son watching that is like, oh wow, that's I guess I gotta, I guess that's how I have to be. Penelope didn't win until Ralph was in a dress and like, literally like fell into a dress, makeup, hair, whatever, and fell into Sleeping Beauty's bed, and they ganged all the all all the Disney princesses together like. Destroyed, helped destroy rap so Vanellope could be who she is. And so the part in Avengers Endgame, I think you know where I'm going now. Hold on. I, I want to I actually finish, I wanna finish this real quick. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think I loved that moment. So oh we'll talk gosh. about it. But I, um, yeah. I, I think a movie rarely just stands on its own. We talk about it after. And sure. so I think something like that is very valuable because it provides... A jumping off point. Obviously, that that takes it to a very uh, to 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 an extreme extent. Absolutely. But I think that there's a, a great opportunity there to be like, this is what the the metaphor is, or this is what the this is what they're talking about, and and this is what you can learn about it. Yeah, I just don't think that that belongs in my Disney movies. I See, I, 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 have, I think it does. I have those conversations with my kids. We talk about how important it is, especially with my son. Like, you need to treat your mom a certain way. You need to make sure you treat your sisters a certain way. Like, these, these are our queens. They're the CEOs of our life. Like, you need to treat them a certain way and make sure that you always honor and respect anybody outside of your family, whatever. Like, we have those conversations. But when I'm going to escape all of that, like, you know what I mean? Like, like as a... As a minority, sometimes you just want to escape all of the political hoopla and just enjoy a movie. And Disney is hard set on not allowing people to do that. 
And I think it makes it, and I, and I think that's, a, that's okay, right? I think there's other people that do that. Where it becomes nasty for me is when you market it to kids. Like, there's no way that should be in a Wreck-It Ralph movie. Mm. The demographic on a Wreck-It Ralph movie is not even at a level that they can understand everything that's going on. My kids might not have seen that at all, right? I'm just saying, as an adult, you feeding these images to my children is horrible. I never would have went to see that movie if I would have known that that was the images that they were going to put out. Interesting. And see, I think that storytellers, filmmakers, whatever that is, I think there's a responsibility mm-hmm. to talk about big issues. And I and I think that conversations about things like toxic masculinity and feminism, and like I think those are things that we should be talking about with children. And... Obviously, we have different perspectives. Yeah. Me as a white guy, me as not a parent, yeah. not a married person. Sure, I would look at that and be like, "All right, that's an that that's a more accessible packaging for children to to kind of start to be introduced to these pretty complex concepts." Right now, too, whether they're always execu- whether they're always executing it the same way is a different conversation. But whether they should be doing it at all. So I let, think they should. So let me uh, let me restate some things I want to make sure we're clear before we move on. I think that that does have a place in film. I think that, um, take for example, some of the things that Jordan Peele is doing to provoke those types of conversation yeah. is extremely important. I just don't think it has a place in kids' film. Yeah. That's the part that I have an issue with. I'm not, I don't have an issue with the conversation. I love the conversation. Yeah. Uh, the conversation needs to be had. But with my kids, and nah, see, I, I think I it's a know, conversation that should be had with kids. I think it. I, I think, think it I is think that from kids a parent, can... but not from the movie theater. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a conversation that should be had with kids. But I don't think that Disney has a place in that. It's like certain things I don't want my kids to learn at school. They're gonna learn them at home with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so and, and whereas, and I, when I look at it, I think that's a great jumping off point. Yeah. And I think that is, that can be a good way to introduce kids to a concept. But all, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I, that is something I feel pretty strongly you about. you ever had that. a kid ask you a question that you don't know the answer to? That's I mean, that's, that's very true. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, that, that, that's true. Like that's like, true, but. Dad, what's a uterus? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Nickelodeon? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. I, I feel like Disney always does that. And so even going into Endgame, my my biggest... I feel like everyone knew what this movie was about. It was about Iron Man and the end of his story arc. But we've already built up Captain Marvel to be the strongest person in the, the universe. So I was interested to see how they would balance those two and I knew they were going to have their feminist moment where all the women get together and save the guys, which is cool. But I did not want that to be where the movie should end because that's not what the movie is about. You see what I'm saying? Like, don't don't abandon the story just to go with what's hot today because it's hot today. Now you're pandering. You don't really believe in that. You know, you don't you're not staying true to your storyline. You're pandering to the audience that you think is going to be viewing your films today. And I will say in the moment when um, 
the the when uh, Captain Marvel and Valkyrie and who else was in that group? Pepper. Uh, Pepper. The uh, uh, what's the what's the tribe uh, in Wakanda? The Dora Milaje or something like that. I don't yeah. know. The head of that. When they all got together and yeah. they band together, the and you wasp, could tell. Yeah. You could tell it was well, close to yeah. the to the end of the movie. And I'm like, don't please don't let this be how we defeat Thanos. Like, don't. If this is how I am leaving this theater now, because you're playing with me now, you're you're pandering. You're not staying true to your storyline. You're only doing this. Well, defeating to- Thanos is a whole combination of things that I, I, I mean. I, yeah. Just the fact that a lot of those people are even there, but that is be because the, of what Tony be and all them are working blow, on. Though. You didn't see what I'm saying? Like Iron Man had to have that crushing blow. So in the in the heat of the moment, I was upset enough to walk out of the theater. And I loved that. I was crying, man. Oh I thought that God. moment was so... I thought that moment was really, really powerful. And that was powerful for me. And I can't imagine, as a female watching that, what that must have... Like, I think that was... I, think that, I thought that was an incredible moment. I probably would have enjoyed it better not going in with the preconceived notions that they better not do this. So when I saw it developing, I'm like, oh, no. They, I love it. This needs to end with Tony. But to their credit, they did a really good job of making sure we had great female representation and then also giving Tony his moment. You know, when he put on the glove at the end and, and he snapped away Thanos and his crew, like that was a great moment, even though it took him out. You get the emotional moment with him and, and Peter Parker. That, that was just a great arc to their story uh, from going from the uh, going from the initial fake hug when they're in the car and he reaches yeah. like, I'm not hugging you. I'm, I'm opening the door. <laughs> Going from that moment all the way up to the actual real hug and, you know, him being there for his last breaths, I think was, I think they did an incredible job I in agree. telling that story. Um, what character in Endgame did you like or enjoy the most? Yeah, like I said, so Hawkeye, wa- Hawkeye was, I just thought they gave him a really compelling story. In yeah. a way that they hadn't before. He always felt so extraneous, kind of always on the outskirts of the group. I mean, he obviously, from a power perspective, he was always the weak. He could do the least. He was sure. the weakest. Yeah. And so for them to make him as important a part of the story as they did and to give him as much screen time as they did, yeah, I was really impressed with that. And I really, I really, really enjoyed that. Some of his screen time was cringeworthy. When he for was sure. Ronin and he's just slaying people... I thought that that should have, I thought they left that stone, like, like they left that part of the story, they didn't close the loop on that. No one addressed that, you're just like a mass murderer at this point. And I get your hate, you're hurting, yeah. and, but like he's just slaying people, and I'm like, whoa. I okay. think that was a really interesting counterpoint to the Thor storyline in a way, where I okay. thought that was better handled, whereas I was really disappointed yeah. In Thor's storyline. Now, I've never been a big char- fan of the character. Yeah. But I, I thought there was this, uh, you you had Hawkeye, where it, the fallout from him losing everyone that he loves. It was brutal. Obviously, it takes him to a really, really dark place. Yeah. Um, and they they deal with that in the serious manner that that demands. What I was disappointed in is then we have Thor mm-hmm. in sort of, What Thor does in the aftermath of losing all these people that he loves, losing to Thanos, is he gains a bunch of weight. Yeah. And 
instead of exploring what I think could have been a really interesting and poignant look at like how we as humans react to trauma, yeah, it was it was just played for a joke. Like it's just Thor gained weight. That's hilarious, and I and think, I didn't think it was funny. I think he had the best storyline. Interesting. See, I <laughs> I think Thor had the best, especially considering where he's come from. Just even uh, I, I just forgot the guy's name. Even where he's come from as an actor, like he finally showed, like a human side of him. Yeah, like this is not at all a critique of Chris Hemsworth's no, 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 performance. No, no, no. He's amazing. Line. Just a storyline. Just I I, I thought they, yeah. I think they did a good job of finally humanizing Thor. And giving him some great comedic relief. I thought he had great spots where he was just hilarious in the movie. But I think his overall story, like it humanized him. It, it, when, some, when a lot of people get stressed out and the world just gets too much for them to take, I love that superhero or not, he did what we all do and he stress ate. And he locked himself in a room. I don't know if you've ever been stressed to a point where you just want to lock yourself in a room. You just want to eat. You don't want to be bothered. You want to play your video games. Like he did what I think the average person would do if hit with so much, so much guilt, right? Because he felt like he could have ended it all, and then he actually did cut his head off. But he, you know, he did it at the wrong time, and now they can't find the stones. And he's dealing with so much guilt and so much weight and so much um, grief over the people that have been lost, and feeling like that you're at fault for that. I feel like would catapult any in anybody into doing something that's unlike them, right? Or different from what they've Absolutely. done before. And I think that that's what happened with Hawkeye slash Ronan. I guess what happened with Thor as well. Um, you know, uh, I think Hulk kind of found a, uh, he was, I think he coped with it the best. Um, but I feel like his story was um, just an incredible one because it humanized him and it allowed for him to, uh, have this great comeback story, you know, kind of at the end, and yeah. and really put a, a end to his chapter. You know what I mean? Like and he left I, Asgard to Valkyrie. He's like he's going to uh, you know with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and so we're setting up for that next film. We've already seen the first scene essentially to that film, and the the the, the battle for who's the head of the ship. And I feel like they they put him in a great space where he's not always been in a great space. And not had a lot of interest to go see his movies, really, unless like you're a hardcore fan. Yeah. I think now he's in a position where people will want to go see Thor because they can identify with him yeah. a lot better than they had before. And then he goes through the thing of like losing his mom and not wanting to face that. And I feel like there was just so many complexities to his story. And see, I thought they fell short of exploring that in the way that they could have. I thought by playing his mm. weight loss pretty much exclusively as a joke. Yeah, it was Because he's like a god, you know what I mean? Like, he, you, you're you used to seeing him a certain way, and it, it was funny for, to see For him sure, like but I also, th- like... The majority of the movie, though, he was like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and, and I found that offensive Yeah, in the sense that just the, the idea that, oh, like, he gained a bunch of weight. Let's laugh at him for gaining a bunch, you know? In my mind, it's... Yes. Also, bad people are funny sometimes. It's just funny sometimes. Let's let's just be honest. But it's just funny sometimes. It wasn't. It but wasn't that's funny. not what. That's not what makes it. That that shouldn't be what makes it funny. I no, don't but think. I don't think him being. I don't think that fat was the punchline. I think that Thor being fat is the punchline. And like just the lack of 
like care. He I'm just not had sure there's himself. a difference between those two, though. I think it, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a uh, just like a fat joke. It was specifically Thor. You know what I mean? Like somebody's. But I so think it. Ju- I think it comes across as a fat joke, though. You think I didn't take it that way? I didn't take it that way. I just took it as here's someone who clearly cares about his body, who has always been in the greatest shape out of any of the Avengers except for Hulk. He's always been in the greatest shape. He's always cared about his body. He always had this air about him, this confidence about him, and to sh- to see. Like how hard he was taken. I think he was hit the hardest Absolutely. by the tragedy. And I think, and I think that, that, there that was, a... was the only how like how else do you show that by him being a drunk person who's just he showed that he didn't care about any part of his life. And I think that there's a way to do that in a more poignant way than than playing it for comedy. Gotcha. To me, that would have that it, that would have been the much better route to go down is a more serious exploration of the toll that that would take on you. Yeah. Because I, I have no doubt that, I mean, I'm, I'm no stranger to stress eating. So like, yeah. I have no doubt that, that that's the kind of thing that a person could, could do in yeah. reaction to, to blaming yourself for the death of half of humanity. Yeah, like that's sure. not a stretch yeah. at all. But I thought it really cheapened it to make it a joke instead of making it a more serious exploration of that. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. I, and, I, and I could, I, didn't I see could it very, from that perspective, but that yeah. makes sense. And I could very easily see someone watching that and being hurt by it. And so that that was actually one aspect of the movie that didn't quite that didn't quite work for me, and it, it, I didn't really find it funny. What else didn't and you like about so, this movie? <laughs> not to just be negative, but I didn't expect you to not like anything. Now I'm excited. <laughs> what else didn't you like about this movie? Um, so yeah, the handling of, of Thor's thing was a big one. Yeah. Um. Oh man. <laughs> see, see how hard it's. Like, I I can rattle them off. I would I love to hear some more, and I'll tell. Let's rapid fire. Give me some stuff you didn't like, and I'll tell you if I agree. The whole concept of time travel. That's a tough one. That's time travel is tough because anytime you open the door to time travel, there's gonna you're gonna be able to poke holes in it. Well, you have to make hard fast rules and then stick to those rules. And I feel like they made rules. And then abandon all the rules. I agree. I agree that there was some stuff that I, that it's questionable. The only thing that I do like about time travel is that they, I feel like they, it was, I don't like it because it it felt like a lazy attempt to solve the problem. They could have solved it a bunch of different ways and time travel was a lazy attempt to solve the problem. And also they wanted to, they only time travel so that we can put a cap to their stories, to cap Antoni's story. Tony goes back and sees his dad. Cap goes back and see the girl that he had. And the I mean, it's pretty beautiful, though, isn't it? Was it was incredible. I mean, that, the final fan, moment of them dancing, like to, en- to end it so quietly and intimately. I know you cried. Oh, absolutely. It was gorgeous. That was such a beautiful, <laughs> tender moment to me that I think even though I was like, all right, I'm not sure that this makes sense with the rules of what they've done, yeah. like, I couldn't care less. Like, I don't care because it was so emotionally profound to me. Yeah, I thought it was great, but I know that they only did that for fanfare and to close the gaps on some of the... Like, you have such a low opinion of... No, think about that. Like, when, when you go back and you see the moment where they're in New York and they do the well, they did the awesome 360 shot for the first time. That was the first time I ever seen yeah. that in a movie. Um, well, no, I mean, I guess I've seen it in uh, Matrix. They had some 360, but not like that. 
Uh, the awesome I'm trying to think, what are the famous? Yeah, uh, I, I, those are the only two I can think of right now. Bad Bo- really is Bad cool. Boys? Did they, don't they have they a shot? Do. They have like a very iconic <laughs> Bad Boys shot. They do shot have one that, yeah. Bad Boys. That's one of my favorite movies. But so you go back and like they they took. <laughs> we you. need to do an episode about Bad Boys. <laughs> oh, you don't like Bad Boys? Oh, I haven't seen Bad Boys. All right, let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> you should be you excited. Haven't seen Bad I haven't Boys? seen Bad Boys. Any of them? It's, it's Michael Bay, right? It's Michael Bay. I sort of make a yeah. I, I got a I got a. I'm pretty uh, anti Michael Bay. Palmer, I think works on one of them too. Anyway, I'm pretty anti Michael. They do Bay. the 360 shot, and it's all these moments of nostalgia that just make yeah. you feel good as a fan because you remember when you were there or where you were when you first seen that shot, and it's like mm-hmm. incredible. Other than to cap their stories and to do, there's no there's it, it was a lazy attempt to solve the problem, yeah. and the way that it happened, a rat randomly hitting. The button, like, there's no. I thought it was a lazy attempt to solve the problem. How would you have solved it? Um, just uh, one of your ways. It doesn't have to be I super think, thought I out. I think I would have. Uh, I think it still could have ended in the fight between them and Thanos. Like the way that it ended, the end of scene was incredible. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been, um, you know, some type of struggle or fight with them, even like to locate Thanos or to. Approach thing. I think it should have been something more than. I honestly would have taken anything other than time. I think time travel is just such a lazy lob of all right. Yeah, let's just go back in time and fix it. There's nothing we can do now. Let's just let's just rewind the clock. I, and I fix think it. that's a little reductive though. It, it wasn't quite that. I I agree that it's not necessary. How they did it isn't necessarily airtight from logic. Yeah. But I do think that it was pretty clever. The intricacy of all the things they had to do, all the places they had to go. I thought that was really clever. It was clever in a sense that you got to see them again. The elevator. Oh, we're back to elevators again. The elevator scene with, with Cap. Uh, that was incredible. Even Cap versus Cap. Like, I would have wanted to see more of that. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see them them meet each other. and But then, like, you know, when, uh, when Hulk went back to get the Time Stone, I think it was... And the, uh, I forgot her name, the ball head master, I forgot her name. She kind of gave, gave Tilda you. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> she kind of gave you like what happens when you time travel and you, you mess with things. It creates these alternate universes. And so um, that's another avenue for them to make more movies with the same characters is what happens in all these alternate universes. Uh, I think there's comics about that as well. Yeah. But I wanted to see like Cap just fought Cap in 2014 or 2012. He's not gonna forget that. Like, how do you, you know, yeah. how do you grapple with those rules that you just broke? Like, you, they spent all this time avoiding each other, and then they fight, and nothing comes of the fight. And then somehow he's still able to like return the stones in the end, and then go live this other life, and act like I guess pretending not to know that the world is in ruin. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just so many different things that like you could have avoided all that, and still gave us those nostalgic moments, and still. Did a great arc to their story and bring their their story to an end without using time travel. I feel like it was kind of a cop out. Yeah, I mean, in a movie like this, there it, it does require a, a, a spectacular level of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure you went in even willing to give it that. No, I did. <laughs> in the, I did in the but when I saw what it was, honestly, I heard time travel six months ago, and I was like, ah. Eh. All right. I, I mean, to me, it. that was, it, it does make the most sense. I just feel like with the greatest movie of all time, 
Well, that's <laughs> you can give the a biggest movie. Than, not the greatest. It's definitely not the greatest <laughs> movie of all time. You can give time. a better effort than Tasha. I don't know. Um, what? Uh, what? Let's let's stop being. Let me stop being negative. Let's 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 talk about things that we loved about the movie. Um, I love Doctor Strange's role in the movie. I feel like it was so poetic. Even though he wasn't on the screen for very long, yeah, his role in the movie was so poetic. When you, it was one of those aha moments where he says something and you don't really get it, and then when it happens, you're like, "Oh snap!" Um, was there? There were a couple moments that were one of the coolest moments of the movie, though, is when Tony looks at him and he just, he just like holds up the one finger. Yeah. I was just like, "Well," and then he says, "Hell to yeah!" Him, he says to him. Uh, you know, is this the way that it happens? He said, if I tell you, it won't happen. Yeah. And in my mind, it, you ought, it tricks you into thinking like, oh, it's some type of rule and how things work. Like, if you know about it, you'll try to avoid it or whatever. And he knew that the only way it would work was Tony would have to pay the price of his life. Yeah. And so obviously, if he told him that, because he's not Jesus, he's not Thanos. If he told him that... <laughs> He probably wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. was his one thing going back in is that we come back alive. Yeah. And so in the moment, he was able to do it, and that saved everyone. Unfortunately, lost, you know, lost his life. But, like, to see that come full circle and just like, oh, that's why he said that. Because if I tell you, it won't, like, that was just, that was, when we look at the iconic lines of this movie, when dust settles, I think that is one of the ones that will rank at the top. Yeah. Um, Along with the reiteration of I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. For that to think, come as full circle is... I think that's number yeah, one. I am inevitable. That I mean, that that that's just good writing right I there. I am inevitable. I, I, I would put that in my top five. But I am Iron Man is no, definitely number one. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the line? On your left, when we thought Cap was dead and he comes back uh, Okay. Yeah, the, in the last battle. that That's up there. Um we won Mr. Sparks. Like that was like uh, that was the moment where I wanted to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a cry. This movie didn't make you cry. No, Man, I, I cried. Not. I cried so many. I cried like five or six times probably watching it. I've literally sat in this very house and tried to cry for like hours one day and couldn't like it just didn't come out. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment I was like, "Oh, I mean, yeah. We won Mr. Sparks." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god. Turn it off. Turn it yeah. off." Um, that was iconic. Um and then uh, there was there was another line that uh, oh it was on the it was on the the thing that he wore in his chest at the end when they floated up the river yeah. proof that Tony Stark has a heart that yeah. was like yeah that was iconic like mm-hmm. all right that's that that was emotional as well yeah and um, and just the whole concept of Tony being a father now yeah and watching him interact with his yeah with his kid and it, what what. What weight that brought to every decision Tony made in the yeah. sense that he was like, I kind of don't want to fix anything because the best thing that's ever happened to me happened after this. Yes. And so if there's any chance that get, this gets undone, I'm not sure I want to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, the motivation and just the, just what that provides him is, is really, really incredible. I love and that conflict in the story. I completely agree. And obviously then to see him, but then to also see him interact with his father and Tony's a completely different man. Having now being a father and interacting with his own yeah. is, I mean, that's just really, really powerful. It was perfect in a way that you'll understand soon 
that like once you start to do some of the things that your dad did, you start to understand some of the things that he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like now that he's a father and he's like, oh my gosh, I really have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to do my best. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, going back to see his dad and talking to his dad, his dad's like, I don't know what's like, I'm doing my best, you know, just to see yeah. it's like you, you, you gain so much perspective with time. And they did a beautiful job of displaying that. That's kind of like that part and um, Cap being able to go back and have that dance. That almost makes like time travel worth it. You know what I mean? That was like, okay, that makes it worth it for me. Because those are some of the most magical moments of the entire movie is to be able to have those moments like that. And for me, that's the like the emotion of it all is the most important thing. Yeah. And that that to me takes a precedent Mm. over any any plot holes that you can that you could and, and would want to try to poke in it ah, like see, to me it's about how it makes you feel that's interesting i'm not saying that's true for every movie no, but, but certainly like for this one that way because i probably would enjoy more movies that way you know what you know when i this is gonna sound really silly i can't believe i'm gonna say this out loud you know when i really get that that perspective and i've never articulated that way i think that's brilliant when i watch rom-coms all of rom-coms are stupid like, they're all stupid. All these things that happen, like, make no sense. You have to suspend belief for a month. Like, you have to um, just trick your mind into thinking that this could actually happen. And it just makes you feel good at the end. And you laugh, and people fall in love, and, and get the girl back, and all these other things. And But it's all, it's like, they're stupid. I mean, you got to surrender <laughs> yourself to it. I mean, yeah. that's honestly what a movie is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's escapism. Absolutely, but I, but me, and and it's believing in the best case scenario. Like it's it's wanting good to win out. You are Captain and... America. <laughs> you, you are. You are Captain. Um, what do you think about how his story ended? Do you think that so he he grows old, right? They they wait for him to come back, and how long is he going to be gone? As long as he wants for about five seconds for us, right? Yeah. They try to tries to bring him back. He can't bring him back for whatever reason, and then Falcon. Anthony Mackie sees him, an old guy sitting on a bench, yeah. and he's there, and he has the new Captain America shield, which lets us know that Falcon is going to be the Captain American Falcon. Love it, and yeah. They'll do that whole thing over again and build towards the next phase of the MCU. But how do you feel like that was? Because I thought he was going to die like you did. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, he didn't do that. And so what do you think about how they told his storyline? Um, yeah, I loved it. Out of out of he did not choose the life that he had. Yeah. So to give him the chance and, and all the sacrifices that he made. That's a good point. To yeah. protect and to save people. Um, there's a great. I didn't read the article, but there was some headline that was like, "Captain America is definitely a virgin." <laughs> there's something about that made me laugh. <laughs> and I was like, "This guy gave up everything for us, Tony. He gave it all up." Oh my and gosh, so, Captain America And I mean, AC3. Captain America is truly the most unselfish character you could ever imagine. Yeah. He makes decisions always for other people. Yeah. And so for him to make a decision for himself, and yeah. for there to be this version of Steve that lived this beautiful life and got to have a wife and a family, and just I got to live dope. this, like that's a beautiful thing. Because he, in the best way, he's getting what he deserves. 
he's spent his entire life being unselfish. Yeah. He, he spent it, and, and so for him to get to live a peaceful existence with the person that he loves, yeah, that's a beautiful yeah, idea. Yeah. I like the juxtaposition of how uh, his ending and Tony's ending, mm-hmm. they, they flip-flopped from the beginning. Right, Tony was only out for self in the beginning, right? Yeah. Whatever, uh, you know, even him coming out saying he's Iron yeah. Man was for you him. You are right on. You know what yeah. I mean? And so for them to flip at the end and say, you know what, I've been making all these selfish decisions. Now it's time for me to make a decision for the greater good of everyone else, in Tony's case. And then for Cap to say, you know what, I've been living for everybody else. I finally got my shot to do it for me. Tony, how cool is that? How, yeah. I mean, I still can't cry, but it's great. It's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I actually like that a lot. <laughs> so overall, uh, just to kind of, uh, what, what else is important for us to talk about? Anything? Hmm. I, I don't want to. We, we got really into it. I know. But, we but that's, that's, I think this isn't the movie to do that. No, with. it's not. It, it was a great There payoff. are movies that it's fun to go in and poke holes in it. I it, think that this one, I don't think you should with this one. No, it was a great payoff. It, it actually made me appreciate Infinity War more. Good. And it made me want more. Um, I, like everyone else, sat through the credits just to see that there's no end credits. Yeah. Uh, which I think it was appropriate. Agreed. I was disappointed initially, but I was like, oh, that's appropriate. It's the end of an era. Like, you have to let that and part And also, you, you think that the end credit scene is the actual end of the movie. It, it is. And so, thankfully... <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> For Marvel, it is. But they, they showed us that they're setting up for uh, Spider-Man, right? He, he's back at school. They're about yeah. to go on this trip. They show that we're going to get another Guardians of the Galaxy or as Guardians of the Galaxy, however they plan to name it or whatever, right? That would be amazing. Um, I, think, I think we're going to get a, a Valkyrie film, right, to see how, you know, now that she's in charge. That'd be awesome. Um, so I, I think they set us up for some other things to come, which I think is really, really cool. For sure. But so. also, isn't it weird to think that there's going to be more? Like, I'm excited for some... Like, I, I can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Side note, my favorite Marvel movie ever is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's really? my very, very favorite. Huh. Um, I'm really excited for Spider-Man Far From Home. Like, yeah. I, I'm really looking... Like, Black Panther 2. I'm pumped. Yeah. But there's also this part of me that's like, man, if it was just done and Marvel was like, that's it, I think I'd still be very satisfied. I think that would still be kind of like... I mean, I, I still want Creed. Rocky did six movies and it was great. And when Creed came out, I was like, yes, let's go. Uh, even if I'm not going to watch If I the rest of the Marvel it. movies are as good as Creed, I'll be, then it'll be worth it. Um, but yeah, I, I love that they're continuing it. And I think that, I mean, it's they, there's still a lot of story to tell. Of course. Which I think is dope. And they're reaching in, into storylines that are... Uh, that are so rich and had time to like develop over mm-hmm. years. You know what I mean? Like that's that's something that in social media age we don't do. We don't give thoughts and ideas and even the things that we do time enough to develop and cook for years before it has this big moment. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of cool things, a lot of cool Easter eggs in the movie. I like the I love you three thousand. The Iron mm. Man 3000. Such a sweet, such a like, sweet it's thing. Such a, you know, there's a lot of little things like that. One of my biggest critiques of a lot of movies is when kids don't talk the way that kids talk. Yeah. You know, when ki- when all characters sound the same. Yeah. Um, and that's just such a kid thing to say. It is. And but so for that also... to become this repeated refrain is such a beautiful thing because it is this, it's such a small moment that you don't think is going to be 
important. I'm a little jaded though, because the whole time I'm thinking, oh, that's so cute. But I'm also thinking, is this product placement? Like, are they selling Iron Man 3000s? Have you seen the <laughs> workout machine at Iron Man 3000? Look at this. I should put it on the screen in the video. That's an Iron Man. <laughs> so I'm like, what are they doing right now? Uh, anyway. See, I, I was, was hoping for movie. some sort of great outcast Marvel crossover with Andre 3000. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if just the the movie went off to like AT Aliens. That would be that would be impactful. if they or if they could just cut to the Hey Ya music video <laughs> with him just getting down. For no reason. I would I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. It should be canon that Andre 3000 is one of the Avengers. Yeah, that would be great. Didn't he, wasn't he gonna, uh, we're wrapping up, but wasn't he, wasn't he gonna be in a superhero movie, Green Lantern or something? I don't know. He did play Jimi Hendrix. He did play Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, how do we do, how do we wrap this up? Do we give a rating? Does two mugs in a movie give a rating? (laughs) Yes, I give it. Are we doing a mug Eight rating? and a half mugs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out of how many mugs? Um, Can it, is it out of two mugs? Let's, uh... <laughs> I give it two mugs in one movie. <laughs> uh, what if we did a five mug rating system? Okay. Uh, how many mugs out of five? Okay. Um, I am going to give it... Decimals count. You can do decimals. All right. Then I am going to give it four and one quarter mugs. I want, I want four and one quarter mugs to really? appear right now on the screen, yeah. Okay. Four and a quarter mugs. Just because of that. This video's going to come out a day later. Now. <laughs> no, um, yeah, what's our, what's, our, what's our visual effects budget on that? Yeah, this, not as much as <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> to guarantee you that. Um, really? I, I'm going to give it 4.7. Whoa! Yeah. I feel like the grumpy old man on the set right now, but like I really enjoyed this movie. I, the payoff was so big. Yeah. Like, I felt, like, so, so much closure to everything. Yeah. Even though there were still holes and you could still, but, you know, to know that they're going to continue provides opportunity. And so that kind of eases those concerns. And yeah. I could pick it apart and be critical. But I would give it a 4.7. I thought it was now, just Now, 4.25 really mugs, I want to be clear, is very high. That's, yeah, like, it's on that's, a scale it's of a, For sure. We're going to do so, this again. And there are going to be some movies. That are going to be. When we do the Sunday morning rapture episode, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the greatest, not so great mug rating ever. But yeah, I'm going to give it 4.7. I think that that is, it's just, yeah, it, the payoff was so great. And when you take the movie in its entire totality of what it's done this last decade yeah. to all culminate to this moment and for them to. For them to build so much hype to a moment and then hit it, it's just incredible. Absolutely. Now, one thing I will say is how I evaluate a movie, it's very hard for me to fully evaluate based on one viewing. And so... Gotcha. I feel like, I feel like we're, we're, I'm almost at the max I can be without having seen it again. Gotcha. And so I'm going to go see it again in theaters. I know I'm going to watch it a bunch more. Gotcha. And then, it, you know, it might get more mugs. Yeah. This rating system is it's, making me giggle. Uh, yeah. We're mugging people. <laughs> We're, hey. All right. Feels well, like a good that, spot to end. <laughs> that, that's it. Thank you guys so much for joining this special edition of the In My Own Words podcast. I don't know how long we've been recording, but um, again, this is Tony and Austin with uh, Two Mugs in a Movie. I think that's a good name. I like it. I think it's a good name. I, I, Tony, thanks for having me. Hey, man. I appreciate you coming over to my house finally.
It took a movie review to get you here. <laughs> it took the bi- the biggest cinematic event in history. Yeah, see you in another 10 years. 